Pulp MX Network production. This is the Rocky Mountain ATV MC Kiefer Tested Podcast. The podcast you come to for the straight insight on all things moto-centric. Hard parts, bikes, gear, suspension, motor mods, and more. It's Kiefer Tested. Here he is, Chris Kiefer. Welcome to a new week, everybody. How are you guys doing out there? Hopefully your week's going to go by quick. And you will get back on your dirt bike ASAP. But in the meantime, this is the Rocky Mountain ATVMC.com Kiefer Tested Podcast, presented by Fly Racing and Race Tech. Rocky Mountain ATVMC is the trusted online source for parts, accessories, gear for dirt bikes, side by sides, dual sport bikes, ATVs, and street bikes. Low prices, unparalleled customer service, and FREE, three day shipping. It's so, 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 so easy to see why RockyMountainATVMC.com is the premier shopping destination for all of us out there. Thank you, Rocky Mountain. Thank you, everyone that's purchasing products, accessories, gear, anything over at Rocky Mountain. I appreciate it. It helps this thing move along. And maybe, just maybe, Rocky Mountain will renew for 2020. Keep this podcast running. Keep the information flowing to you guys, the laughs going, and hell, you guys are learning something on this podcast. I feel like this podcast is the best media testing source for all of you guys out there. I feel like we cover a lot of things over here. Ah, man, I'm proud of this sucker, so that's my sales speech. I'm not a very good salesman, but that's that's all I got. That's all I got. Sorry, guys. (laughs) I'm a little hyped up now. I got some coffee in me. I'm doing this podcast. It's fun. It's a new week. It's going to be busy over here at keyforinktesting.com this week. Got lots of stuff going on. So make sure you go follow Kiefer Testing on social. You can go check out at kkiefer120 on Instagram. Lots of things going on. And of course, don't forget to stop by the website and uh, see what's going on this week because there are lots of tests. 2020 season. It's busy, guys. Woo! It's a busy season for me. It's hot as balls here in the high des, but we are going through, plowing through it, getting the test done, and of course, getting information out there to you guys. So thank you guys for joining me. If you guys want to check out some badass gear, go check out flyracing.com. The new 2020 lineup is online. Gear sets available. Evo, Light Hydro, Kinetic, Kinetic Mesh, and even F-16. Go check out the women's gear. I'm going to go purchase a set of women's gear because, dude, I've been trying to tell JT this for a long time. I want a set because I think the colorway is nice. Judge me if you want. I know what you're going to say. But I think it looks cool. So you got a lady that rides. Go check them out, flyracing.com. Get them pumped on the gear. You guys can be Twinkies and match. Wouldn't that be cool, you and your chicks out there fly racing gear, holding hands to the pits? Don't do that. I, just don't hold hands at the pits. I, I'm just not down. Like, Heather's walking with me to sign up or something. I'm not, I'm not holding her hand. I'm just not doing it. Just It's time to race. We'll, we'll have PDA later. I uh, see guys doing that. I'm out. Forkner, I'm out. I respect what you're trying to do, but I'm out. So, anyway, I'm going off a tangent. But anyway, fly racing. Hey, go check them out. 
Racetech, Racetech.com. You want your new bike suspension redone, revalved, resprung? Racetech.com. They do it all. How about a little massaging of your engine? Hey, Racetech does that as well. Hit me up, Chris at KieferInkTesting.com. I will get you an email over there for Chris at Racetech and get you guys a discount, get you on your way to feeling happy about your dirt bike, a more comfortable setting, and just have some zen with your dirt bike. Nothing better. All right? Go check them out, Racetech.com. Last but certainly not least, ProTaper, ProTaper.com. Paul Parabinos, even though we disagree on some fake science shit, they make a damn good bar. I like it. They're on board with us over here at Kiefer Ink Testing. SX Race is my preferred bend. I get a lot of emails about handlebars, but SX Race is a good bend for most newer bikes out there. Again, hit me up if you guys have questions about handlebars, but right now I'm running SX Race Fusion Crossbar Life. If not, you can go to Evo. That is a great bar. It has enough flex, and it's not so rigid like some of these bars that come on the stock bikes. So... You guys know what to do. ProTaper, ProTaper.com. And of course, any questions, hit me up over here on my email. So thank you guys for joining me. A new episode is here. What are we talking about today? Of course, you guys already know because you clicked on the damn thing, right? 2020 FC 250 and 350. I thought I would lump them in together just to give you guys a breakdown because I did test them together. And I know I get a lot of questions saying, hey, what should I ride, a 250 or a 350? We will break down some of those differences on this podcast, and we also will just talk about how each bike is on the track. This basically is a first impression, a little overview of each machine. We will dive into increased things, you know, like uh, chassis settings, suspension settings, uh, cockpit settings over there on the Husqvarna VIP podcast. That's another podcast that we do over here that talks about every bike that Husqvarna makes. So, of course, the FC 250 and 350 will be over there. If you guys missed the other episode, the FC 450 is up online right now. You can check it out. Get a setting for your 450 and just listen to what I would do if I had an FC 450 and I purchased one. So, uh, basically, those are podcasts that specifically go to Husqvarna ownership's and, of course, you guys out there that love Husqvarna's or maybe thinking about purchasing one. So um, go check it out. The VIP Husqvarna podcast. It's very cool. In-depth. And uh, hopefully we'll get you guys in the right direction, get you happy on your dirt bike. But right now, let's just go over the FC250. Not a lot of changes to this. I talked to Meatball over there. That's right. His name is Meatball. Actually, no. It's Anthony. But that's what we call him, Meatball. He's a Husqvarna um, media guy for us. That's who we go through, him and Andy Jefferson. Minimal changes for the FC250. Um, honestly, I really liked this bike last year, and hopefully they didn't uh, screw with it too much. But uh, that's right. So not a lot of changes to this FC250 for 2020. Of course, BNGs. We got some valving specs, fork and shock changes. And it just seems to me like uh, Husqvarna is really trying to break away from that KTM mold. Yes, of course, they share 90% of the same things on each bike. But suspension 
is different from Husqvarna to KTM. So if you have a KTM 250, the FC 250 is completely different valving. And um, Husqvarna is basically what I've been learning over the past few months is trying to cater to uh, a vet. I want to say a slower guy because that's not necessarily the case. But I would say it's it's they're catering to a vet rider or the guy who wants some more comfort. That's kind of where they went with the 450 setting. That's kind of what they did here, 250 and the 350. So what I try to do when I go to these tests, I bring three riders. And for those of you that listen to this podcast know what I'm about to say. I'm basically the middle range guy. I use a heavier guy and then a lighter guy and then try to use a setting that makes everyone happy, all three of us. And that is what we relay to you guys out there. All right? So in saying that, all three of us rode both bikes. I am, of course, a vet pro. I hate saying that. It sounds so lame. Um, I had a rider that was a B rider. He's a late 20 gentleman. And, of course, we had our other rider that was 150 pounds. And he's more of a of a B-level rider as well. So we have a, a wide range of people here to try to get you right, a guys a setting, um, get you guys comfortable and point you in the right direction. So immediately when I got on the FC250, same feelings that popped up from last year. Look, if you're looking for a gnarly hit, this is not an FC250's uh, wheelhouse, all right? That is more catered to a Yamaha YZ250F. You want tons of torque, low-end, bottom-end feel, that's a YZ250F. However, this is what the FC250 does do well in the engine department. It comes on super smooth, really linear, and then climbs so far. It's a deceiving power band, and that goes for both the 350 and the 250. But to 250 especially because you feel like, man, there's just not a lot of hit in either map one or map two. You have the, of course, you guys have that map switch on your handlebar. I'm sure you guys know this if you're listening to this podcast. Uh, Map one is, again, pretty smooth, kind of lethargic down low, but map two wakes it up a little bit. You'll get a little bit more RPM response. I like that map better for an FC250. If you have a kid that is going from a 125 two-stroke and he's going to hop on this FC250, map one is the choice. Do that for your child. Aiden, my kid, is 13 years old. He's not ready for a 250. He's just getting on a 125, but he's light. He doesn't need all that power or RPM response, so just make sure map one is is on for your kid if that's what you guys are doing out there. So that's important. For all of us um, out there that are experienced and ride and you're young and you, you've ridden a few years, map two is where it's at. That's probably what you want to be for most 95% of your time on this bike. So, like I said, it just climbs really seamlessly through the RPM range. There's no real big hit. It's deceiving because you can roll out of a corner and you feel like, man, this thing doesn't, it's not really going fast. But yet, the engine character is so easy to ride. You'll like overshoot a jump out of a corner because you think the muffler sound is kind of low. The engine is kind of like feeling really smooth and linear and all of a sudden boom you're overshooting a tabletop or a double out of a corner why because there's connection to the rear wheel 
There is a lot of connection with, I'm just going to say it, Husqvarna's in general, no matter what size bike, 250, 350, 450, they all have the same kind of feeling. If you guys own a 450 and listen to this podcast, the 250 and 350 is no different. It climbs really easy, linear, connected to the rear wheel, and and to me, it's fun to ride because I know I'm planted. If you guys need excitement in your life, you're like a single guy that wants to go on Tinder and just hook up with chicks. Maybe this Husqvarna isn't the right bike for you. You need some more punch out of a hole. Okay, you can do some stuff to the FC250, modify it, right? But if you need a bike stock to do that, this isn't the 250 to do that. You want to last longer. You want to go harder in your motos. Maybe actually even roll your corners better. This FC250 is really good. So sometimes initial impressions of getting on bikes is not always the correct one. In life, sometimes your initial impression is always the correct one. But uh, for me, in dirt bike world, uh, sometimes that power is deceiving and FC250 is deceiving. I will say this. There is, uh, in second gear, Compare. I'm going to compare this to the 350 here, and we will do that here on this podcast a little bit. Not a lot of engine braking. Unlike that 350 where there is a lot of engine braking feeling on diesel on, in second gear. So 250 is a little bit more free feeling. And if you guys want to really um, have me compare the FC250 to the YZ250F, there is less engine braking on the FC versus the Yamaha. So uh, I know some of you guys do not like engine braking, especially for you guys coming off two strokes where you're used to that free wheel feeling. FC250 isn't that bad. I do like that free engine revving feeling that the FC250 has. But just note, this thing has to be broken in longer than other engines that I have felt before. So we're, it was around 6.7 hours when we started riding this thing because this FC250 was with some other media outlets before we got to it. And the engine was quite free feeling. But just know this, if you have a brand new bike and you're hauling it home and you go ride it, break it in correctly, do a few 15-minute heat cycles, and you should be good. But just know that it will get better at around the five-hour mark. It'll free up even more. So um, give yourself some time on that. And that goes the same with suspension as well. Uh, the WP suspension does take more time than the Showa and the KYB stuff. So just be patient. Just know this. I wanted to make sure I relay that to you guys. But for sure, second and third gear is very usable on the FC250. I can't quite lug this bike like I can a YZ250F. I do have to rev it. So if you guys out there love rev, love revving a dirt bike, this FC250 is the bike to do that, man. This thing pulls so far in second and third gear. So don't be shy if you're coming in the, the rut in second gear and you want to come out. Don't shift so early. Let it eat a little bit and let it pull out because it will pull farther than any other. Um, I was Well, I don't want to say any other. I would say the Honda is pretty close for rev factor. Uh, second gear roll-on is very good. And just let that sucker eat. Let it roll. And then you can shift later on down the straightaway. Now, just note this. Like I said, 
Don't expect it to roll third gear good in corners. You will have to fan the clutch. But with saying that, recovery time on this FC250 is good. A little fan of the clutch, and it's back up in the RPM and on down the road. So, again, RPM response is really good from mid to top. Not a lot of torque down low, not a lot of meat. But if you do like to rev your bike, this engine is very good. So, uh, not a lot of changes in the engine department, again, uh, for 2020. Not a lot of different information I can relay back to you guys from 2019. And of course, suspension has been changed. So, what's the difference in feeling from the 2019 FC250? It's softer. I had to immediately go up on air pressure on the 250. Uh, 10.4 bars is stock on the 2020 FC250. I went up to 10.8. So, you can imagine how much stiffer that is, right? Look, I'm not going to sit here and say this is. Uh, a suspension that I would love to go race with. It's not. It's soft. Can you make it better with some of these settings? Yes, you can. Is it air fork for everyone? No, it's not. But I'm telling you, I'm about to put my kid on a KTM 125 with an air fork, and it's fine for him. So uh, a lot of questions get sent to me. Hey, should I just put a spring conversion kit in it? No, ride with the AER stuff for a little bit because it is pretty good. It's not the worst fork ever made but the thing that i don't like i like to push i like to ride long time you know a long time 30 minute motos 20 minutes you know i want to get the most out of my riding when i'm riding the fork will change a little bit during the course of the day that's what i don't like about this fork Um, did they improve the feeling for 2020 i would say yeah they did minimally for comfort there is a little bit more comfort uh on the initial part of the stroke for the FC250. But again, it's just plain too soft. Uh, Going into some rhythm sections or some steeper jump faces, the bike simply just bottoms too much. So in our VIP podcast, we're going to give you guys the exact setting that I think will be good for a wide range of riders. But for right now, you guys listening to this, and you guys have one, just go up in air pressure from 10.4 to 10.8. And then you guys can screw with the compression. I'm sure you guys can uh, back that compression out a little bit. Because if you're going to go up in air pressure, fellas, you might have to back out or soften your compression on your fork. Just know that, okay? So overall suspension feel is soft. And uh, same goes for the shock. We ran a sag about 104 to 105 millimeters. Where you're going to feel the shock is really soft is at the end stroke. And this is kind of the character of a Husqvarna for the past couple years. The end stroke is just an empty feeling. I just have like it has some dampening feeling. And then all of a sudden it just kind of goes away and it's kind of empty, soft. So um, you will have to increase, which is stiffen, okay, that high speed compression. I tried just stiffening the low speed and it never really helped that end stroke feel. So... Do yourself a favor, only go an eighth of a turn in at a time to see if that improves it. Don't do big turns on high-speed compression. You do not want that because a quarter turn, an eighth of a turn makes a lot of difference on high-speed compression, especially with this shock, all right? So just go eighth in turn increments and uh, see what you want. I went actually a total of 
uh, I tried a full half turn. I went a half turn in, but then I backed it out. So I only ended up going a quarter turn stiffer on high speed on this shock. Again, I'm 170 pounds, 185 pounds, and then 155 pound guy. We all met in the middle here, and we agreed that a quarter turn was sufficient. Uh, larger guys, again, 185 pounds and up, will need a stiffer shock spring. Um, but I'm just trying to get you guys happy with this stock stuff and give you an impression on what it's like right now. This isn't a full dive in, okay? Again, wait for that VIP Husqvarna podcast, and we will dive in more on settings. What about the chassis? How's this thing turn? Dude, this is one of the most um, usable, uh, best cornering machines that I have felt in a 250 in a long time. Last year in the shootout, I thought the Honda turned very well. It got praise for its cornering technique and how it acts for the rider, its character, I guess I want to say. This Husqvarna, to me, I'm a front-end steering guy. I'm six foot. I think this thing corners the the best. I mean, I would say KTM and FC, of course, is the best cornering dirt bikes, at least in the 250 class, um, there is right now. It's super easy to initiate your corner. It feels light. And usually when you have an engine character that's smooth, the bike doesn't feel light. But this FC250 does feel light in the corner. Um, for an air fork, I do have pretty good front-end traction. I do get a little pitching sensation, of course, when that stock setting is on the fork. Going up on the fork will help uh, this bike on diesel not have as much pitching. So once that is achieved, the bike is pretty balanced coming into a corner and... I can dive into deep inside ruts with no problem. Again, acceleration is nice. You will get some rear end squat. I felt like the bike squatted too much under load, under heavy throttle. So stiffening that high speed will actually help the character for which you guys are cornering, you know, berms, ruts, same thing. You guys are going to come out of those, right? And then you're going to get on the gas and that rear end is going to drop down and one or two things are going to happen. You're going to hit some square edge, and it's going to like start feeling harsh. Or you're going to get under load, and it's going to start wiggling from side to side. So bringing that rear end up a little bit and getting a better balance of each end will help the chassis character on and off throttle. So just know that. But for me, lightweight feel is nice. Entering the corner is good. Uh, straight line stability, no really issue. Not a... Huge issue for me. I would think with a bike feeling this light, I would get some deflection, a little unstable feeling, but you can actually push this bike quite hard and uh, push your limits, I guess I would want to say, and it's fairly stable. It, it inspires confidence in all the guys that I used. They felt straight line stability was nice, and uh, this bike loves to have a rider stand up through ruts. I know sometimes when I sit down and load the suspension, it does get deep, like I said, but if you guys are light on your pegs and you guys like to stand up a lot, for the, you guys in Europe uh, listening to this with sand, this bike loves to have a rider stand up and rail corners. It's very stable. It inspires confidence for me just to stand up in corners and not sit down. So uh, I know we don't talk about that um, as much on this podcast, but from sitting to standing, a bike could feel drastically different. And I've been with bikes before. Um, that I had to sit down more to make the chassis work better. This bike is equally as good if you stand or sit, so just know that. Um, 
for me as well, uh, vibration is down. It used to, this FC250 used to vibrate a lot. Of course, it comes with Pro Taper handlebars, which is a low flat bend. If you guys do feel like it is a little bit low, you can go to an SX Race Bend Evo Pro Taper. Uh, that has a little bit higher of a bend, a little bit higher of a rise, but not so bad when you go to sit that you feel like you have ape hangers. Uh, another benefit to the SX race band is it comes with an 800 millimeter width. And this stock Pro Taper bar, Husqvarna stock bar, is 811, so it's a little bit long. If you guys do like this bar, cut this sucker down to 803, 804 in that area, and you will be able to corner this thing even better. Um, the seat on the FC250 eats my ass up. I do not like the seat cover. Uh, I would go to a Guts Racing seat cover and just change that immediately. Again, everything else on this bike, the clutch, the brakes, um, Brembo brakes are awesome. People always say, hey, what's the difference between the clutch Kiefer on the KTM? Do you like a Magura? Do you like a Brembo? Honestly, the Magura is a little bit um, more on-off feel. Um, the actuation is not as wide, I would say. So when I'm going to go do starts, it's a little bit grabby at times. When I ride it on the track, I don't notice it as much as I do when I try to do starts. So um, I will say the Brembo and the Magura clutch, they do last the longest out of any bike. Um, as a cable, I don't have no problem with the cable pull feel. I just know that I burn through clutch plates quicker on other bikes than I do with this Husqvarna. So um, durability on the clutch is awesome. I do like that. Um, you could, if you guys wanted to, do some things to, uh, I would say, I, it's it's hard for me to say because I like the grips on it. I like the compound of these things. I'm not a huge fan of lock-on grips, but I like the compound. Uh, you guys can go to a softer uh, compound on the grips. Of course, you can go to a Pro Taper or a Renthal. I like those grips the best, honestly, and that'll actually um, decrease the vibration feel even a little bit more. So just know that lock-on grips, when you guys put that on, will how will actually enhance the vibration on any bike. So just FYI. So uh, moving on to FC350. Again, we talked about the engine. The engine character is very smooth, very linear, not a lot different from the FC250, okay? What you're going to get between the two here, you're going to get a little bit more torque, and you're going to get a little bit of that in the bottom to mid-range area. Dude, honestly, I would say top-end feel is pretty damn close between the two pulling-wise. Maybe the 350 is a little bit, um, pulls a little bit farther and harder on top, but it's not that drastic of a feel, Okay? Which engine character do I like the best? My heavier guy loved the 350 more. I like. I was the only guy that liked the FC250 engine more, and it was easier for me to ride because of the free-feeling engine that the FC250 had. The other guys in this uh, little test that we did here, they liked the 350 power because they could be a little bit lazier. I felt like I could ride this FC250 just fine, and rev it out and be lazier in that direction because I didn't have to shift, right? And I guess you could say that as well in the 350. You can kind of leave it in third gear a little bit more in corners, but honestly, it was still the same kind of character for me. It really couldn't pull third gear in some of the corners that the, the 250 didn't pull as well. So uh, 
I ended up downshifting anyway on the 350. And what I got from the 350 was more engine braking in second gear. There is a lot of engine braking on this FC350. For some reason, I get a little bit more of, uh, of diesel pitching in second gear. So that forced me to really try to ride this 350 in third gear, but it just didn't have enough torque to pull me out of the corners quick enough when I needed to. But I would rather lug it a little bit more on this 350 versus getting all of that inertia and D-cell just weighted the front end too much in second gear. So just know that. If you guys are uh, going to an FC350, there is some engine braking in second gear. I am going to work on this and try to maybe remedy this with some gearing. I didn't get a chance to change the gearing on the 350. And just note that the, the 2020 FC350 gearing did change. Uh, it's a 1451 now. But I'm going to go screw with that a little bit more and see if I can help that off-throttle sensation in second gear. So just know there is some difference in uh, free feeling in the engine between the two bikes. Now, with that being said, is it a fun bike to ride? Absolutely. This FC350 is fun. I had uh, Colton Ack. He is a 450 Pro motocross rider ride this bike. He's never ridden a 350 before. He loved it. He thought it was so much fun. He said, if I wasn't racing, and this is usually the comment that I get from these guys when they ride this bike, is I would own a 350. I feel like I have enough power to do the jumps out of the corners. It has enough power to uh, make a, you know, put a smile on my face, but yet it's not quite as heavy feeling on the track as a 450. That's what he was saying to me during this whole test. He's like, man, it's just fun to ride. Like, I know I would need more torque for the the nationals but simply put he said man it's just it's easy to ride um i can actually come out of a corner and jump these jumps again he also said it was deceiving he thought he couldn't clear these jumps but the bike just kept pulling and uh he thought it was a very fun bike to ride my opinion is a little bit different than colt's i feel like uh i would rather just have the 450 power plant because to me the weight difference, the overall weight on paper between 350 and 450 is pretty damn close. And the 450 doesn't feel that much heavier on the track. Along with the 450 power curve is just as linear and smooth as a 350 and easy to ride for me. And I can run third gear in corners. So for me, it just makes sense to go to a 450 because... Uh, the weight on paper is just so damn close. And when I ride both these bikes back to back, which I have before, there wasn't that, it didn't feel that much lighter to me with the inertia and in the engines between the two to warrant me that I need a 350. I know I think the 350 is really good for less experienced riders, guys that are intimidated to get a 450. Dude, 350 is awesome. I had Matt Servog, one of my test guys, almost buy a 350 because he loved the power so much and he felt like he could last longer on this this bike as well as he wasn't as, as intimidated as he was on his Honda 450. So if you guys are looking for a little bit uh, less power, you can last longer. It kind of sounds like a blue magic pill, right? You want to last longer and perform better. <laughs> this is what the 350 is like for a lot of guys. But for me, 
I'm more experienced. I've been around a little bit. I just like a 450 power. Nothing against the 350. I just feel like I could use the 450 power more around the track versus the 350. Guess what? It's commercial time. Do not forward it. Just chill down. Chill down. Enjoy these commercials. Get a discount code. Help your wallet out. It won't be as thin. It'll still be fat. If you're single, that'll help you get chicks because your wallet will be fat. All right? And if you're married, you guys already know. They don't want you to spend money. So listen to these commercials slash advertisements. Get a discount code. Save yourself some money. And if you don't know them, hit me up, chris at keyforinktesting.com. We thank you for listening. We thank you for supporting these advertisers. Thank you. Listen in. Uno momento. Thanks to the guys over at 6D Helmets. That's right. They are on board with the keyforinktesting.com. Kiefer Tested Podcast. We thank them for joining us. You have a street bike, a dirt bike, or do you pedal? You have a mountain bike. Head over to 6dhelmets.com. Check out the full line of helmets they offer. I'm sure they have a helmet for you. Hey, I get questions all the time. Kiefer, what helmet would you choose if you could pick one to buy? If you're going to spend your own money, Kiefer, where are you going? While there are a lot of helmets that are safe out there, okay, I do feel the safest in a 6D helmet. I've had many crashes in my ATR1. I've had a couple in my ATR2, and it has done its job It's advanced ODS technology. It's race-proven. I'm telling you guys. And it's light. The new ATR2, it comes in at 1,480 grams. It's fully rebuildable. Very cool colorways. I trust the guys over at 6D Helmets. Maybe you guys should too. Hit me up over at chris at keyforinktesting.com. Maybe get a special discount code if you want to get a 6D. So please, guys, go check them out. 6D Helmets, hit me up. Tell me how you like yours, and if you don't have one, maybe go get one. Thanks, 60. Have you guys checked out bloodlubricants.com? If you haven't, bludlubricants.com. Go check them out. Three new series of oils, Blood Power Sport Series, the Blood Racing Pro Series, and the Blood Racing Pro Elite Series. I have Michael Allen here with me. We've been doing two different types of oils in our test bike, Mike has been doing the Blood Power Sport Series. Everything going good there? Everything's going good. I use it in all our test bikes, the ones that I prep and maintain. And uh, it runs a little cooler than production oils. And uh, I know you've done some testing with that. Yeah, so basically before Jeff and the guys came on board, I had to check the legitimacy of this stuff because um, I didn't want no crap involved in keyframe testing. Um, honestly, tried it. Was very surprised about the oil. Did some temperature readings. It was little over 30 degrees cooler in my YZ450F compared to some other oils I've been running. So the stuff is good. They sponsor over 250 racers from Enduro, Enduro Cross, Hair Scrambles, UTVs, Supercross now. They got some Supercross guys. So go check them out, bloodlubricants.com. Use the discount code KEFER and get some percentage off your oils. They'll ship them to you. Probably get a hat or two. You know, Jeff's a good dude. Go check them out, bloodlubricants.com. The one thing that bums me out about racing moto is waiting around all day just to do two or four motos. I don't want to be sitting at the track all day and have three hours in between my motos. Well, you know what? Old Timers Association has been around a long time, and the guys from Oregon Old Timers have come on board with this podcast and want me to talk to you about their series. Very cool series. I've raced them before. They have 20-minute motos, long motos. Usually you're done by 3 o'clock. You're in and out. You get to race. 
go home, finish your chores, spend time with your family, go do stuff with your wife, whatever it is. It's a fun, family-filled environment there. They have races all over. It's not just in Oregon. They have races in California, Glen Helen, Montana, Richland, Washington. They go to Hangtown. They go to Washington again in Washougal, which is very cool. And, of course, they go to British Columbia, Boise, Idaho, even Edmonton, Canada, and Fernley, Nevada. You can check out the series at OregonOldTimers.com, and you will even see me at a couple rounds this year. So check them out. Hey, Heather. Hey, Chris. Did you know that every two-stroke KTM and Husqvarna come with a Vertex piston in the engine from the factory? No, I did not. 65 years ago, Vertex piston was founded in a small technical workshop in northern Italy. Today, because of the renowned reputation for exceptional quality, Vertex is an OEM supplier to KTM, Husqvarna, and more exotic brands like Beta, Gas Gas, and TM. No matter which brand of bike you ride with, when it's time to go ride or time to rebuild your top end, Vertex Pistons will have your engine performing better than new. To see their full range of two-stroke and four-stroke pistons in replica, high-compression, or GP-style configurations, visit them at VertexPistons.com or stop in your local dealer and ask for a Vertex Piston Kit today. And if you guys want a discount code, hit me up, Chris, at KeeferInkTesting.com, and I've got one for you. Save some money. VertexPistons.com Hey, you guys got a four-stroke or a two-stroke? Of course you do. You listen to this damn podcast, aren't you? Go to fmfracing.com. You two-stroke guys, a raw pipe looks so badass. Go to fmfracing.com. Get yourself a pipe and a silencer. Four-stroke guys, you want to lose some weight on that big, heavy four-stroke steed? 4.1 titanium version is the way to go. Head pipe, muffler. Got that blue canister. It looks so sick. And you guys want to look sick on the streets? Get the code Kiefer19 on that FMF swag, the clothing, the hats, the shirts, whatever it is. Save yourself some money. Use the code Kiefer19. Look cool on the streets. Rep for your favorite muffler company. Did you see what I just did there? All periods. It's awesome. Go check them out. FMFRacing.com. Thanks. Little D and Big D, dude, they've been around a long time. They make great products. And, of course, it's cool to wear the shirts, the hats, you know, just to show everybody that you're into dirt bikes. So go check them out. Kiefer19, save yourself some money. Thank you, guys. Hey, welcome back. I'm so proud of you. Thank you for listening to all these advertisements. Gosh, you guys are the best. Back to the show. If I was going to go to a, a smaller bore um, displacement, I'll just get a 250 because it feels a lot lighter than a 450 and I can rev the shit of it just like I do the 250. So for me, I would just be on a 250. That's that's my point of view. Um, I also had another guy ride a uh, this 350. His name was Dallas Dunn. Again, never ridden a 350 and he coming he's coming off of an RMZ 450. He's like, dude, this thing is so fun to ride. I love this power band. Uh, it's not as heavy around the track and it corners as good as my RMZ. So he was thoroughly impressed by this FC350, and uh, that is usually the case when some of these guys that have never ridden a 350 ride one for the first time. They're blown away by how much power it actually does have. So again, you will have to ride it like a 250. You can't ride it like a 450. To me, it's, it's closer to a 250 than it is a 450 in the engine department. You rev it 
It'll pull you. And when you think you need to shift, just keep revving it because it'll pull you. Just trust me on that. So um, a little bit added torque compared to 250, but not a huge difference. Again, same kind of linear curve. And uh, it's a fun power band, but for me, I'm still a 450 guy. Again, less experienced guys will like a 350. What about suspension? Same thing as 250, guys. It is soft. I end up going up on the air pressure. Tried that. uh, 10.7 bars. And I liked that feeling. It had more holdup for me, less pitching. Didn't get harsher in the mid-stroke, which I was very surprised with. So I'm happy that uh, we can stiffen it up and not go south on the comfort, so to speak. Uh, I think that has something to do with WP and their development and their wide range of testers. I know they got a mix of test uh, test guys over there that are heavier and lighter. So stoked that you can actually go up on the air pressure on this 350 fork and not get harsher. But for sure, heavier guys, again, are going to need a shock spring, heavier shock spring, and uh, just overall bring the bike up. Same thing like I talked about with the FC250 guys. You want to bring that stuff up a little bit so you're not wallowing. And when you're under load, acceleration out of a corner, that rear ass of yours is not squatting too much. And you're not riding that harsh part of the travel when you're hitting square edge. Because that's what you'll notice. You'll come out of a corner hard. Your ass in will squat. And you'll either start to move side to side. Or you'll hit some square edge and it'll unsettle the rear. And you'll start to feel a harsh feeling through the pivot bolt back. So just know you want to bring that up a little bit. Uh, chassis, again, same character as FC250. I do just feel a little bit less stability um, on throttle while leaning with the FC350, but not huge amounts. Um, I think some of that has to do, again, with the inertia of the engine, a little bit more engine braking. But for me, if I'm rolling on second gear, coming through a corner, it doesn't feel as planted as the 250 does. So uh, it's a very minute feeling, but I wanted to mention that here on this podcast. Uh, if you're going fast, again, not a problem. This chassis kind of encompasses a wide range of riders. Again, standing, sitting, uh, novices to experts. It does everything pretty good. There wasn't one thing that I felt like, hey, man, I'm hitting this bump 20 times, and it did something different every other time. No. I hit a bump 20 times. It does the same thing all the time. I know what it's going to do. I may not like that feeling, but it does that feeling all the time. That's all you can ask for a chassis, okay? You guys may not like that feeling. Maybe it's a little bit too rigid or too harsh or or even too soft, but you should have that feeling every single time when you hit the bump. Now, I will say as the fork goes up in air pressure, which it will when you ride it a lot, that front-end feeling will change a little bit because your fork pressure is going to go up and you're going to ride a little bit higher in the front end. Okay, I'm just trying to tell you guys that if you hit something 20 times with that same air pressure, it's going to do the same damn thing. But just know, 30 minutes into a moto, you're going to go up 0.2 bars, which is a spring rate. That's a lot. That's a lot when you're riding. So just know that. Um, So what's the question that I get asked a lot here? Kiefer, what do you want to ride? What would you rather ride, a 350 or a 250? Look, I kind of already answered that. I feel like 
I would want to ride the 250. It's fun to ride. It's light. I can put it a little bit. Um, I can put it in places a little bit better than I can the 350. And with a little bit of fan of the clutch, I feel like this 250 is just like a 350. Uh, Colt like a 350 a little bit better. I know Dallas. He liked the 350 a little bit better because he could be a little bit lazier. But for me, I roll my corners pretty good. I have I have semi good technique. I feel like I can be faster on a 250 than I could a 350 just because it feels a lot lighter to me on the track. That's it. Um, I have ridden a uh, 250 FC built um, with some engine work and ignition and some fuel. And holy crap, dude, it's it's one of the funnest bikes I have ridden. I will say this. If I wasn't so competitive and I still didn't want to race from time to time, I would probably just buy a 250 and build it because having a modified 250 like this with this engine character is fun to ride. I can ride it long. I can ride it fast. And it just makes me want to go ride and hit stuff harder. So if you guys are in a market, What's cool about this FC250, yeah, it's linear, it's smooth, but when you build it, that character never leaves. It stays intact. It might just add more meat and torque to this thing, but it's still super easy to ride. That's what I love about these engines on the Husqvarna's. It's just easy to ride. It's friendly. Uh, a novice isn't scared to ride it, but yet a pro can appreciate the traction that he has to make him go faster around the track. Again, every time I get on a Husqvarna, people always say, man, your corner speed is so much better on this bike than it is any other bike. And I think that has, has to do directly because of, one, the chassis. That steel frame is awesome. Two, the engine character is so smooth and linear that I can just get on the gas. It forces me to get on the gas harder because simply I don't have that much torque like I do in the YZ250. I think... I get a little bit lazier in my corners because I'm relying on the engine too much on the Yamaha. Well, with this Husqvarna, it doesn't have that much torque. It forces me to ride and get on the gas sooner. So you will have to change up your style a little bit, but I think it's for the better. And for me, 250, I would rather go that direction than a 350. Um, if that 350 over the years starts to lighten up and feel even lighter, and freer feeling in the engine, I would most likely probably go that direction. But as right now, 250 is just fun to ride. Um, but again, like I said, if you guys are intimidated by a 450 power and you guys still want a little bit more meat than a 250 and you plan on not building a 250, a 350 is a good choice. So um, it boils. what it boils down to is we all have choices. It's nice to have choices as a consumer. Husqvarna, KTM, they give us the most choices out of anyone um, in the motocross world. It, it doesn't matter what type of rider you are, if you race or ride or, or whatever, you could find a size bike that you love in the Husqvarna lineup. I like that. Even though maybe I wouldn't choose it, that doesn't mean you guys listening to this podcast will not choose that. There is a place for the 350 in the market. And I like it. I hope it never goes away. Um, I know our, 
sometimes our society or you listen on social media, ah, oh, we don't need a 350, that's lame or whatever. It's It doesn't make sense. Well, it does make sense. I, I see a lot of guys with 350s out there that love the bike and that enjoy it and put a smile on their faces because they're not scared to death of a 450 power jerking from out on their hands and holy shit, now I'm hurt because I got tired. 350 will not make you as tired and you can last a little bit longer. So I think it's cool. So basically that's the rundown of the FC 250 350 on the track. You guys have any questions about this podcast or these bikes, Chris at KieferInkTesting.com. We will be going over more settings on the FC 250 and FC 350 VIP Husqvarna podcast that will be coming out in a couple weeks. I'm going to go out to a few more tracks, get some more settings, go through a few more things, and really try to dial in these two bikes for you guys out there. That's the benefit of these podcasts, man. I get a wide range of riders, and we all try to agree on one setting. That's the same thing that we do in OEM testing process. Two to three guys, one sag setting. Can we find a happy spot? No. Okay, we've got to change some things. Yes, we do find a happy spot, and I relay that message to you. So all of that transparency will be on these podcasts as usual. I appreciate you guys listening in and supporting the advertisers on this podcast. As usual, guys, if they are on this podcast, it is stuff that I would use personally. I don't take advertising money for things that... I would not use. I'm not trying to get rich over here. I'm just trying to create some quality content for you guys to trust out there and spend your money in the right direction. That's what Kiefering Testing is all about. So thank you guys. I will see you next week, maybe even later in this week, because we have the Honda CRF 450. We have a KTM 250. We have a KX 450. Holy shit, we got a lot of work to do. But all that work is going to be on these podcasts and on KieferingTesting.com. And pulpmx.com. Don't forget about Steve over there because some of that content that you don't see over here will be over on Steve's site. And we're hitting all the angles. That's right. Thank you for joining me. Have a good week, guys. Be nice to each other. See you at the track. And if I do see you at the track, come over and say hi. Let's bullshit. Talk about whatever. After dark, dirt bikes, the dude down the street, whatever. I'm down for whatever. See you guys.